Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Real View Podcast. I'm your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me today is my co-host, Carrie R. Blaster. And with us is our special guest, Alan Lungo. Welcome, you guys. Thank you for being here today. We're really excited. Alan is the co-broker of Coldwell Banker Flamingo in Costa Rica. So he is coming to us from a much warmer, nicer more beautiful place. (laughs) And he's also the president of Costa Rica Global Association of Realtors Associated with NAR. So thank you both for joining me today. Let's have a great episode. Thank you, Allison and Carrie. Alan, you are no stranger to Ohio Realtors. You actually participated in our winter conference and got to spend some time with our CIPS designees and people who are interested in learning about that designation. But when I was getting to know you in preparation for that session, I discovered that you actually originate from the Cleveland, Ohio. Yes, I do. (laughs) You know, you always say when you travel, you will always find someone from Ohio. It's just the way that it is. It's so true. Absolutely. So true. So we're excited to have you here. And before we get to your story, we are going to ask you our signature question which I bet you have a lot of views to choose from here. Um, But as you know, the podcast name is The Real View, and we like to ask our guests to share with us what the best view that they have ever had is. In Costa Rica, we have many, many beautiful ocean views, and they're even more beautiful at sunset. And the bar none top of the top was when I was looking at a sunset view and there was a thunderstorm on the ocean which made the sky purple with the lightning coming out of thunderstorm with the orange sunset behind it. I have a picture of that. I'll share with you if you'd like. Yeah. Yeah. Share it with us. That sounds beautiful. I know as we're chatting, Alan's like, yeah, I was driving. I had a five hour drive, you know, before this. And I was like, yeah, five hour drive. And he says, well, you're driving in Costa Rica. It's, it's gorgeous. There's not a bad view here. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm very grateful to be here and have been here for 17 years. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, let's get started. Let's hear how you made your way to Costa Rica from Cleveland. We all love Ohio. We are from Ohio. It's beautiful. But today it is gray and snowy and about 10 degrees. Um, So how in the world did you go from Cleveland to Costa Rica? Well, for those who might be familiar with Cleveland, I grew up in a very beautiful setting on actually a street called Big Creek Parkway, which is part of the Metro Parks. And so all my life, I was surrounded by big trees and beautiful settings. And in, as many people did, I went away to college. I wound up going to undergrad in Pittsburgh at Carnegie Mellon. I went to graduate school at UCLA, and my earlier careers took me all over the country. I wound up living in New York City for 10 years and Chicago for 14 years. And while in Chicago, we had a travel agency And in the late 90s is when people discovered Costa Rica and they started coming back to our travel agency and raving about the country. And I was also getting to the age where I had to start thinking long term of where I'd like to retire someday. And so I looked at my partner and I said, you know, let's let's check out Costa Rica to 
to see if there's something we could do for a while. And when we got here, of course, we saw how beautiful it was. Everyone was absolutely right. And so in uh, 2004, in the original, the latest big boom, we came down for vacation and fell in love with the view lot, which is where I took the picture of the thunderstorm and wound up buying it, running home to Chicago, selling our house and moving here. And once we got here, we thought, okay, now what? What are we going to do? And the realtor who had sold us the lot had exclusive listings on a lot of new condo buildings that were being built for the first time at the beach in Costa Rica. And he asked me, would you like to decorate some of these condos when they're finished? And it just had happened to have spent years being a interior designer and remodeling contractor. And so that was easy. And we wound up doing in a 52 unit project, we did 32 of the units. Wow. And when they were finished and decorated, the owners asked us, who did we know that could manage it for them? So I raised my hand. I figured I could do that. And they asked us who could rent them for them because, of course, vacation rentals in your houses and condos here is a very big business. And so I raised my hand again. <laughs> and in a year, we had the second largest property management and vacation rental company in Tamarindo, Costa Rica. Wow. And then I noticed that my owners were changing, which I realized is because they're being sold and I wasn't getting any of that action. So approximately 14 years ago, I called the association of now, of which now I'm the president and said, how can I be a realtor in Costa Rica? So I took the classes and did the time and eventually got invited to be a board member. And so one thing led to another, and I've been the president of that for the last 10 years. And along the way, I started in a REMAX office and then decided to go independent. And then it's great to be independent, but in Costa Rica, 75% of the business is global. And it's really hard to compete globally if you're not on some kind of a team. So as fate would have it at an NAR in Anaheim, I sat next to the person recruiting people to buy regions for Keller Williams. And so when I told him that I was had all these titles in Costa Rica, I, he said, OK, you sound like the guy. So I met everyone in Austin and went through all the motions and wound up being the master franchisor of Keller Williams, starting Keller Williams, Costa Rica in 2015. And that was a great experience. It's a great company. It's just a little weak in the global competition, which led me to think that maybe I should consider a switch. And this past year, 2020, we sold the master franchise to another investor group, which is when I decided to make the change to Coldwell Banker, which is where I am now. And I made that selection because in Costa Rica, anyway, the professional reputation of the two companies is essentially equivalent. And Coldwell Banker here has significantly a competitive global marketing resources and listing platforms. And I could keep my office because I had the, I was the um, lessee on the lease and the Keller Williams office moved out and I stayed and recruited my friend who was across the street as a Coldwell Banker broker. And now we're co-brokers together in the same space. We just had to paint everything blue that was red. <laughs> Little maintenance. <laughs> All good. And, and we're in business. So I'm calling you. I'm talking to you from the master franchise office in the southern zone of the country because we're visiting here. And I just was able, I have the privilege of having a really significant listing in this part of the country now as well. That's an amazing story. I mean, 
you're quite the entrepreneur. Did you think that when you first set off to build your career as a young professional, that you would end up selling real estate in Costa Rica? I started as undergrad to be an architect and went to graduate school to have another architectural degree. And I was, that was back in the year when it first became fashionable to get an MBA. So after I finished my master's in architecture, I got an MBA, which helped me segue into the business side of architecture. And with that, I wound up getting involved with developers of buildings and one thing led to another, but I wasn't really focused on being a realtor till I got to Costa Rica because I'd yeah. never been trained or licensed in the U.S. Yeah, that was going to be my question. If if you were licensed when you lived in Ohio and then, you know, that that whole decision and journey and process. Yeah, it was always in the back of my mind. I thought it was something I could do easily because I was familiar with buildings and, you know, what what the concerns are when you buy I bought my own homes. But I never had any formal training, per se. And coming to Costa Rica was really, you know, it's sort of Wild West in those days, like maybe the California was 50 years ago in terms of booming. And there were a lot of real estate related opportunities. Obviously, that's how we got in the property management business. But then I recognized all the problems that had because people there were that people did not have training. And that's when I got interested in the NAR affiliated association. And since then, I've really, really come to respect and appreciate NAR and everything they can do for each of us individually and as an association. And so we're working very hard to apply the NAR standards in Costa Rica to give our inbound investors the assurance that they're going to be handled well and appropriately and ethically. So, Alan, talk with us a little bit about the differences in real estate, you know, in the United States versus in Costa Rica. And, you know, what led you to, to bring about that NAR affiliate? Like you said, it sounds like it's a different ball game um, there Link than it is up. in the United States. Costa Rica, there's there's no licensing of realtors at all. To be a realtor, you just have to be a, a legal worker, which means you have to have your citizenship or residency if you're a foreigner moving here, which means anyone born in this country can be a realtor just because they yeah. were born. Yeah. So in the boom, and because many things in when I arrived were open listings, because there was a legend here that Exclusive listings meant less people saw your property. So there were surfers who were realtors. There were beach bums that were realtors. Wow. There were, you know, bakery people that were realtors, cab drivers, you name it. If they found out you're looking for property, all of a sudden they're ready to show you something because that's how it worked. And so there were really quite a few stories and legitimate ones of people being misled or purchasing property that was actually national park, you know? Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty bad. Yeah. So we've managed to overcome the deficiencies in the culture of the profession here. And now most things are exclusive listings. People do recognize realtors as a professional and then we're actually working with the government because we found out uh, in the government's legal structure the profession of realtor was never defined. And so they have what they call the Ministry of Economy, Industry, and Commerce here that sets up things like that. So the two associations, we're currently working with the government to define what it is to be a real estate professional under Costa Rican law. And then we can create a certification that you will have to have to actually practice. And then the associations can be put in charge of training officially so that if you don't take it, 
you know, you could probably still try to sell property, but it might, the person doing that would be certainly uh, breaking a law. It's been a great professional adventure. Yeah. So yeah. This stuff. I mean, well, that's a huge undertaking. Right. And it sounds like, like you are, you know, you're bringing all of this stuff to this country for the first time ever before, you know, and you are literally like changing the real estate game, you know, in Costa Rica. There's been people before me that have been from the U.S. and there's a lot of realtors who are expats and legal residents like I am now who've wanted to do this. The association was created 20 years ago to focus more on that by expat realtors. So it's been a groundswell sort of thing. And it's just this moment in time, it seems to be all coming together because it makes so much sense. And the government actually believes it now, too. The best thing that came out of the relationship for spreading the reputation of Costa Rica was doing the CIPS institutes, which we did nine in a row until last year because of COVID, which we used to uh, recruit realtors from North America, primarily the U.S., but some Canadians and then some locals to come to Costa Rica, see what it is. We do familiarization tours and all sorts of things in addition to the program. And we have a lot more people falling in love with Costa Rica and going back yeah. and recommending it. So it's I a little can imagine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we're we're proud of our record of working with NAR. I see the true value of it as an international realtor. And I welcome anyone to come and learn with us at the next CIP and CIPS Institute, which I hope will be next year, 2022. Mm-hmm. Goodness. That Before would be a lot wonderful. of this pandemic by then. Yeah. Yes, please, hopefully. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> for our listeners who may not know what CIPS okay, um, sure. stands for, would you mind to just kind of fill, sure. fill everybody in on what that is? Called Certified International Property Specialist. It's an NAR designation you can um, earn by attending. Uh, you can do it online in the U.S., but I think in-person is better regardless of where you take it. I earned mine, let's see, 11 years ago in Jacksonville, Florida, because it was the closest five-day institute to Costa Rica. But um, you can come experience the courses. There's five courses you have to take. There's other requirements about having done at least one or two international transactions. And that just means having an international person involved. So if you're in the U.S. with someone from Brazil buying a property, that counts. That counts. Yeah. After you... you complete all the requirements you receive the designation and it's also a great networking relationship because there's only i think 4500 of us on the planet yeah at this point and a lot of people look, looking to make referrals in costa rica ask me for who are the cips people in the area that i'm interested in and so i really am a big fan of that program and we were very proud we got sponsor of the year for the whole planet in 2018 awesome This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, Visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. 
I know that Carrie has some great stats that she's shared recently about global investors and, and clients that, that live in Ohio and specifically Columbus. So we know a little bit about who those people are and where they're originating from. I would love to hear from you if you know where are your top you know buyers, investors from? Is there one country that you see most of that action from? And yeah, I'd love to hear. I That kind of stuff is just so interesting and fascinating to me. I like love stats. So I'm like, yes, tell me all of it. <laughs> the one thing about Costa Rica is there's no rigorous data records kept. So there's no MLS yet, but we're hoping to work on that. That's but I know from practice and from talking to people that literally half of our investment is foreigners coming to the country to buy something. And of all that activity, Half of that is the United States citizens. So we love the US of A. Another quarter is Canadians. Then the next biggest group would be French and people from the UK. And then a smattering of people from around the world. So I've had clients who purchase condos from me or houses from Russia and from Israel. But those are more the one-off kind of situations that are interesting. Yeah, that's that's very cool. I'd love to hear more about about what that experience is like working with a non-Canadian, a non-maybe English, you know, with the native first language and what, what that experience is like. Maybe some of your listeners are aware of the Proxio International MLS database, which translates listings instantly into 20 different languages. So one of the associations both use that and we have a single portal of all the listings of both associations in one place, which I'll be glad to share if you would like me to. So if people want to write down the URL, it's all small letters, Costa Rica Real Estate MLS.com. And even though it's not an MLS, we use that to try and add a little credibility to the marketing of the portal. But it is the, it has, it is the portal with the most listings of the entire country. So because of the features of the Proxio database, I was able to communicate with a woman from Moscow who sent her daughter to Costa Rica to check it out. And um, while her daughter was here, they decided they would buy one of my listings. And so we, uh, luckily the daughter could speak English, but over the database, we were able to conclude the sale. And the most interesting thing was that it's really hard to get capital out of Russia because you know, the federal government has to approve all of their capital that leaves. And the only other country with the same issue, interestingly, is Israel, because I feel they're probably trying to preserve everything they can in their own country. And so it's, we had to extend escrow closing dates three times in both cases. Wow. Waiting for the capital just to show to get up. it moved. Not that they didn't have it. They just right. had to get all the had to get all the approvals in their own country. Stuck across wow. the world, <laughs> literally. Right. The, US, the U.S. and Canada do not have that problem. Sometimes the money clears the same day, you know, because the banking system is completely integrated. That's fascinating. On the financing side, I know that in Costa Rica, you can't finance a mortgage, right, as a foreigner? That was the biggest problem when we arrived, or I should say challenge, was everything was cash unless you got financing from a seller or from a developer that wanted to help you buy into their project. Since then, I'm actually the marketing director of a program called Redwood Home Lending. And we do 30-year fixed rate mortgages for US citizens in Costa Rica that you do use a Costa Rican title for the collateral. 
and you can get, depending on your credit evaluation, you can get between 60 to 70% of the price of the property or the refinancing you want to do from the program. It's, it was created in Texas. It's a U.S.-based model. The structure of the loans is a U.S. loan. It's just like dealing with one in the United States. And they're privately funded by investors who like the uh, idea of having their portfolio have some residential mortgages. The rate is higher. The best rate is 7.95%. That was going to be my next question because we're, we're experiencing these, you know, historic you lows. Have, you guys <laughs> have, my, my sister just refinanced her house for the fourth time in six years. Wow. It keeps going down. She's down to like 2.35 or something ridiculous. So yeah. it's not it's not an attractive interest rate, but for Costa Rica, where there is no alternative, and if you could get a loan from the national banks, those rates start at eight here already. It's right on the market. We're just getting ready to really roll out a big push with the program. We've done about forty one million already, and as as I said, I I was discovered by the company because of the, all my titles in my signature. And so now I'm the marketing director in this book. <laughs> you love how that works. <laughs> <laughs> right. They loop you in. Okay. So what, how did you get started in, you know, with the Global Association of Realtors? You know, what are some of, you mentioned, you know, some of the things you're hoping to accomplish there, but I want to know like how you got involved and, you know, what, how you see that as a value and, and what you would maybe tell others listening. Well, you know, I'm so grateful to be here and the country's been so kind to me and supportive. I mean, and if you've ever heard how great the healthcare system is here, it is the best in the world, bar none. I've experienced everything. I decided I wanted my legacy here. I would probably wind up passing on from this country and I wanted to improve it in some way. And so this seems to be my way to leave behind a better Costa Rica. And, um, not for any fame or anything, but I just think that the country deserves anything we can give it for what it gives us. And so being offered a position on the board in the early beginning, just as a sort of a vocal position, and then the secretary, I've always liked being part of policy and working on business functions. Unfortunately, the president at the time wound up becoming seriously ill, so I was made president and they won't let me quit. <laughs> Must mean so, you're doing a good job, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody likes the way we did CIPS and that, you know, brings fame and more business to everyone. And we work in a very active community where there's a brand new ocean going marina being built in Flamingo. I'm on that community board as well. Water is a big issue here, as you probably know. And I'm on community boards that work toward making sure water is conserved and used wisely. And I just really feel at home here. It's home now. And so I want to contribute. Yeah, that's great. So what is the market like? You know, you talked a little bit about interest rates and things like that, but what is the market like? I mean, in, in the U.S. and especially in Ohio, it's so crazy right now. Inventory is so low. <laughs> what is that like for you? What's, what's that experience like? We're hot for us, which isn't as wild as the U.S., but... I've been telling people, and I hope you'll understand, I think COVID may be somewhat of a little blessing because it made everybody focus on their life. And people have decided to move on with decisions that maybe they would have put off longer. 
And so we have a lot of people and developers buying land here now and view lots for things they intend to do maybe five or 10 years from now. And so the market is really busy. I have five lots under contract right now, view lots, you know, because everybody wants their dream view that I came for myself. And developers understand the country is extremely popular. It's rated number one or number two as a vacation destination year after year. So they want to be ready for the demand. The country has a ministry of tourism that publishes statistics every year. And we're consistently 5,000 hotel rooms short of demand for hotel space. Wow. Yeah. And every year, this country of 5 million gets over 3 million visitors. That was the last count. And it goes up every year. It's never gone down. And some pers- even if 1% of those visitors are, and oh, 40% of the 3 million are Americans, so that's 1.2 million. And so I showed people that even if just 1% become investors, that's 12,000 investment choices based on the average price of what people are buying. That's three and a half billion dollars of real estate sales, wow. which is not a lot for the U.S., but in this country, but there. That's yeah, yeah. Huh. So everything we try to do is to facilitate, you know, making it legal, safe, quick, financed if necessary, you know, to help the country grow because foreign investment is a big source of income to the whole country. What was COVID like in Costa Rica? I mean, in the U.S., you know, we were shut down and in Ohio, we were shut down and real estate, luckily, and thank God and thanks to our governor, was deemed an essential service. Um, Did you experience anything like that or what was, you know, working through this pandemic like? Well, the country's a little different than the U.S. because it's been, can I say, mentored by a series of very wealthy families and it's kind of a paternal kind of situation where people do what they're told. So when the government said early on, wear a mask, people did. It wasn't a political statement, you know, and the country immediately, as soon as the vaccine was available, bought a million doses and there's only 5 million people. So they, they're really on it. And so we haven't had the, you know, the rampant massively rising numbers that you've experienced in the U.S. and it's so hard to watch. Yeah. So you've been able to stay, stay working and everything through this. Oh yeah. We we can only have eight people at a meeting. You know, there's rules to it. You have to wear a mask. And when you go into any kind of retail establishment, restaurant, store, everything's socially distant and there's rules, but it's, it's acceptable. And there's not a lot of, tragedy around COVID, at least not yet in Costa Rica, knock on wood. I do know people who have died. I know what happens when they do. I mean, it's very unfortunate, but I think we're going to get through this pretty well. And the only business that really, really got hit hard was travel because the flight stopped. And so a lot of hotels and restaurants and workers there were put out of jobs. And so we've had to have food drives here too, just like you and food banks to help people get through. But it seems like things might be turning in the U.S., which is the best sign, and then more flights are opening every day, and hopefully we'll get back to quote-unquote normal by next high season, which would be this coming December. I hope so. They said on the the current trend that we're on now that by December that we should have 
80 to 90% vaccinated. So fingers okay, crossed. Great. Yeah, fingers yeah. crossed. That would be perfect. I'm for hoping Costa Rica. by this fall. So we were chatting before we started recording, and Alan is a Cleveland Browns fan, and we were chatting yeah, about so the stadium the Browns. can be full again. I just want to tailgate <laughs> and go to the home opener with a packed stadium of 20,000 fans. I mean, that place is going to be rocky. That's all I want. I was like, I will stay in my house until September if I can go to if that's this. what it means. If I can go to it be at a Browns game with fans all around me like that's all i want they make it to the super bowl i gotta be there yes. oh my goodness <laughs> got to make a trip in and then come see us I'll come say hi to, to us Costa Rica, Alan. you can come up here with allison right. and i'll i'll head down and, and see so where I, you're at. I want to just make sure that i get to say to your to your listeners that you know if they've heard that anything's really wrong here or it's safe or dangerous you know people like to publicize the worst of a place first it really isn't. And I personally will be everybody's free travel agent to help make sure you know when to come, how much time to spend, where to stay, what's the best thing to do and how to stay out of trouble. That's great to know because I I think Costa Rica has got to be on the list in the next couple of years. I will definitely be calling you. Okay. <laughs> has to be on your bucket list. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I think that's oh. a great way to leave it off. So... Alan, thank you so much for your time today and sharing all of your wisdom in the world of beautiful Costa Rica with us. I enjoyed listening to you and, um, you know, great experience, great thoughts. Thanks for all the work you're doing in the real estate game and down there in Costa Rica. Thank you for the opportunity to participate. And if people haven't noticed, that's one of my favorite views in my Zoom background behind me, or maybe you can see it and they can't. We can see it. Yeah, we can see (laughs) it. It's a beautiful beach. I see beach. I see mountains. I see palm trees. I see sunshine, which is something that you rarely see in Ohio this time of year. (laughs) You're allowed to connect them to me. And I do have brochures about expat living and vacations that I'll gladly share to everyone. Perfect. We can put a link up on the uh, podcast. Okay, page. I can yes. give you yeah. copies. Absolutely. That would be great. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Be Send great. that to Allison and we'll we'll get that posted up on our podcast okay. page. Yes. All right. Well, thank you guys for a great episode and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time. This has been a Humble Pod production. Stay humble.